Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Friday, October 7th edition of the Basement Academy. As we wrap up our week together, I hope this has been helpful, the reflections and studies this week. Hold on to your hat. Buckle up. Today and going into next week, um, we're going to try to get practical in the sense of challenging us to do some work, but it's mostly going to be work we do in our heads and in our hearts, okay? So again, I'm just going to try to set the hook that way, but we're going to be talking about some tools, some active tools. But I want to start with a morning prayer that is very helpful to pray. This is so good to be praying this every month. Again, let me encourage you, five Psalms a day, one chapter of Proverbs for your own daily readings and, and, and prayers. And so this is a Psalm of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush, a Benjamite. So this is David singing about somebody else. Hmm. O Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. O Lord, my God, if I have done this, and there is guilt on my hands. If I have done evil to him who is at peace with me or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you. Rule over them from on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. O righteous God who searches minds and hearts, bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. My shield is God most high who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge, a God who expresses his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. He who is pregnant with evil and conceives trouble gives birth to disillusionment. He who digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit he has made. The trouble he causes recoils on himself. His violence comes down on his own head. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Mm, what a great psalm. Something goes on between Cush and himself and all of a sudden... God, if I've done something, if, I, if I've offended, if I've, if I've injured or harmed, okay, let my enemy triumph. But I think I'm, I think I'm innocent. <laughs> we've all felt that. We've all known that. This, oh God who searches, righteous God who searches uh, minds and hearts. And so our lives are lived before the Lord, no matter how much we might claim not to have done something, God knows, right? And then this hiding in him who is our, our shield. This sense of what you sow, you reap. You know, you roll a stone, it rolls back on you. You dig a hole, you just might fall into it, right? Great, great psalm. Keeps us, keeps us honest. Okay. 
um, walking the narrow way of grace and truth, I now want to introduce four tools, not all of them today, but you're going to get the first tool today. I began to develop these a number of years ago when I began to work across the aisle. That is the theological aisle at our presbytery. As a conservative, evangelical pastor, I realized I don't know any of my uh, progressive friends. I see them, you know, wave at presbytery meetings, maybe serve on a couple committees over time, but I don't really know any. So I began to, hey, you know, I'd like to know you more. Let's take you out to lunch. Come see your church. Let's talk about our ministries and our family. Just get to know each other. Just just being a colleague, right? Doing that. And just the riches that, that unfolded from that. Um, not that I agreed with everybody on everything, nor they with me, but, you know, we found a way to, you know, be in... Uh, community and, and in conversation together. And then I made a number of presentations, seminars and things, you know, both to, in some more progressive context, I was invited in because of some collegiality and in some more um, conservative spaces as well, the Fellowship of Presbyterians. Each of these exercises, each of these tools that I'm going to introduce you to is intended to challenge us all as followers of Jesus Christ. I don't believe they're partisan. I, I welcome your feedback and correction if I'm wrong. I believe they are tools for apprentices of Jesus, those who claim to be followers of, of Jesus. And I think each of these tools helps us consider something about ourselves. It helps us to consider the log in our own eye more than the speck in the other person's eye, which I think is something we all struggle with. We, we tend, you know, we don't mind confessing sin. In fact, we're very good at it. The problem is we usually confess somebody else's sin or what we perceive to be their sin. We don't confess our own sin that much. I, 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 I you know, have found over the years, a lot of Christians are happy to talk about other people and what other people should be doing less about what they should be doing. So uh, that's that's my bias on some of these things. I think if, if these tools are engaged uh, in earnestly and practiced over time, and there's the, most of them are thought exercises, okay? But if they're practiced over time, it is nearly impossible not to become more gracious in relationship, certainly with our fellow Christians, but I think with all people. And so these tools, I think, will serve a wider purpose, more than just kind of, you know, denominational issues. So I'm going to invite you to learn about the Genesis quadrant, as I call it. I, I should, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I've never, you know, I should probably go ahead and, you know, register that. Maybe it's, is it a C or a trademark, whatever. I have, you know, I, I've, I'm naming the Genesis quadrant. I've, I've taught this, you know, before, but you've never heard it probably. Okay, the backstory to this is um, I was teaching a pastor's class uh, in the summer of 2016, and Aug I believe it was August of 2016, and you know nothing was going on in the United States in the summer of 2016. You know, I guess there was a political convention or two. And there were a couple candidates. Uh, what were their names again? Oh yeah, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And so in our pastor's class, I was just taking on the topic of how to think Christianly, not what's the Christian view of, but how to think Christianly, 
how do we frame an approach to the uh, issues that were in front of what that were in the national conversation, right? So how do we think Christianly about the election? How do we think Christianly about the candidates? How do we think Christianly about the issues? So a, a series of, of conversations and studies uh, were going on. And I introduced what I, I now call the Genesis Quadrant. It was something I thought of, and I tried it a little bit on a, on a lark. I mean, I was prepared for it. I brought little pieces of paper. I handed them out. And the, what I had been teaching is something that you've heard many times here in the Basement Academy. Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3 are foundational. Genesis chapters 1 and 2 tell us that every human being bears the image of God. Every human being bears the marks of blessedness. We are made in God's image. We have these capacities. We have these longings. We have a, a, a mind, a heart, a will. Uh, we, we love goodness, beauty, and truth. We might not always agree on what those are, but we have a, a heart for goodness, beauty, and truth. We're made for love and relationship, all of this. So, you know, doing the Genesis 1 and 2 thing, you've heard it a, a million times. But there's also Genesis 3. There's not only a blessedness that, that, that characterizes every human being, but there is a brokenness that characterizes every human being because of the fall, because of sin, because of the taking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, taking to ourselves the right to redefine good and evil, right and wrong for ourselves over and against what God or anybody else says. So blessedness and brokenness in all of the human family. And so I asked the class to take out their piece of paper. We had little pens in the, in the pews there. And I said, draw a box, boop, 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 boop. a little quadrant, you know, a, just draw a box and then draw across the middle. So you get four boxes and on the top, put the initials or the names, Trump and Clinton. Okay. So the two candidates put on the sides, the two words, blessed and then broken. So blessed and broken. So rec uh, uh, reflecting Genesis chapters one and two, and then Genesis chapter three. And I said, I'm gonna give you about, you know, five, seven, 10 minutes tops. Shouldn't take long. I would like you to fill in something in each of the four boxes of the quadrant that reflects the blessedness of Donald Trump as a human being made in the image of God, the blessedness of Hillary Clinton uh, made in the image of God, um, as a human being, and then put something in the, the box for Donald Trump as a broken human being, you know, under the influence of the fall and something that is, you know, the brokenness of Hillary Clinton. Because, you know, our candidates, for right or wrong, they live public lives. We don't know everything about them, but we know some things. And so, you know, draw the box, explain the, the columns and the rows, gave the assignment, um, let's just say there was nervous laughter. <laughs> You're kidding, right? I said, no, I, I am not kidding. Go ahead and take, take a couple minutes and, you know, put, fill in each of uh, something in each of the four boxes. I, I anticipated what was going to happen and what I anticipated did happen. Not two or three minutes into the exercise with a little bit of murmuring going on, nervous laughter and more murmuring. And he said, impossible, absolutely impossible. There is nothing good to say about this person. 
I said, hmm, curious. I don't, I don't know who you're referring to, but work a little harder. And no, no, I, I, I can't, there's, you know, and so, ah, this was the point of the exercise. Because of a political overlay that has come to our world, our society, our lives, we, many of us, have a default posture that more important than the scriptures, the truth of God's word, is a perceived truth filtered through media and other information in society about political candidates, political parties, etc. It's a default posture. It, it sits there and we don't even recognize it. It took an exercise like this to surface it or to let it be seen. Some in the class, because it's, you know, we're a, a purplish shade of red church, I believe, where you kind of theologically, socially, culturally, and politically lean towards the, the, the red team, as it were, but not exclusively. And not everybody on the red team is supportive of all the red teammates, right? We'll say it that way, trying to be gracious. And so there were folks on both sides of this who struggled to complete a very simple exercise. So take away Trump and Clinton, put in there um, Presbyterian Church USA and Greenwich Presbyterian, you know, Presbytery and Greenwich Presbyterian. Say something of blessedness about our friends at Presbytery and our denomination. Say something blessedness of Greenwich in our life. Say something brokenness of what we perceive in the, in the Presbyterian, say a brokenness about Greenwich Presbyterian. You, you can, you can, you know, for Trump and Clinton, you could substitute different entities, but it's always around human beings, people, right? That person you disagree. So here's you, here's the person you disagree with, your family member, uncle Lou, you know, aunt Frida that you're, you know, fighting and your child or your grandchild. Right. And so, something that's blessed, something that's broken about each of these people. The Trump-Clinton thing was so almost, it was almost over the top because of the rhetoric and the narrative and the emotional intensity around those two. It was a perfect foil for the exercise. The point of the Genesis Quadrant is this. Here's the punchline, right? The moral of the story. If you can't say something positive about another person, that doesn't say anything about that other person. It says something about you. If you can't say something negative about a person, and then you're not supposed to say anything negative, but I think you know what I mean. If you can't identify a brokenness, a Genesis 3 reality in another person, it doesn't say anything about them. It says something about you. So to bring it back to the exercise, if you can't find anything positive to say about Donald Trump, that says something about you, not him. 
if you can't find something positive to say about Hillary Clinton, that doesn't think about, about Hillary Clinton. That says something about you. If you can't find anything negative to say about Donald Trump, that says something about you. If, if he's flawless, you know, if you can't find something negative to say about Hillary Clinton. Now, you know, we're not, we're not here to criticize, but, but I think you get the point. We need to understand that every, this is not just theory, people. It's real. Every one of us is blessed. Every one of us is broken. There's a blessedness and brokenness that attends the human family inescapably. What this does, so there's a truth grace. The truth is God's word, blessedness and brokenness, right? Genesis 1, 2, and 3. That is truth. Grace is I am going to look at all people even if they're on my team or what I think is my team politically or otherwise. Because most of us just criticize the other team and praise our own team. We've got a tool tomorrow or, well, Monday to, to, to address that. So what I would like you to do <laughs> is take out a piece of paper, draw a little quadrant, blessedness, brokenness, blessed and broken, Genesis 1 and 2, Genesis 3, and then somebody that you're at odds with, okay? You're in one of these places and the person, you might be in a dispute, a family dispute, a coworker. Again, I don't know what the situation is. Or if you want to go into the Presbytery and the, you know, Greenwich, whatever. But choose a, a real thing, okay? Or maybe do Trump and Clinton, you know, or, you know, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, okay? And, you know, if you want to keep it in the political sphere to expose yourself, if you can't say anything, something positive about uh, President Biden or even after four years said President Trump, and there's a little craziness, maybe I get, I get that, but, you know, isn't there craziness in us all, right? This is the grace side of things. There's a graciousness that we come to look at everybody, every human being, through the lenses of scripture. Get the log out of your own eye before you go try to pick the speck out of your brother's eye. This exercise is to reveal something. I don't think I can say anything positive about that person. That says nothing about that other person. It says everything about you. And that's the place where then we open ourselves. Lord, may the truth of your word shape me more than my political opinions, my political biases or other prejudices that I have. Let me, if so I'll, I'll, I'll stop it there because I think the exercise is, is, uh, stands on its own. Um, first tool, the Genesis quadrant. It's a thought exercise. I can't make you do it. But if you do it enough or maybe just hear it, you'll start to, you want to default into that place. Well, I disagree with that person, but they are an image bearer. They are one for whom Christ died and gave his life. I am going to practice the benefit of the doubt. And I really do appreciate such and such and so and so, right? So let's, let's st uh, stop there. Something to enter into your weekend with, a little uh, something to think about and wrestle with. And uh, we hope to see you on Sunday if you can make it to Greenwich or, or tune in at least on the live stream. And then we'll pick up again on Monday uh, with another Basement Academy, another tool for uh, apprentices. Let's pray.
Father, thank you for the Genesis good beginning and in the brokenness of the fall, which creates the context for us to know uh, the Savior Jesus. Help us to grow in grace. Help us to grow in truth. Help us to be honest about our own blinders and the, 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 the planks and logs in our own eye and use a tool like this or other tools to expose the broken places, the blind places of our own hearts and lives where we lack grace, we lack truth because we want to grow. <laughs> and so, Lord, lead us as we head into this weekend. Uh, watch over us, keep us in your grace and truth through Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God watch over you. May God bless you in his grace, his compassion, his kindness, his grace and truth. May it be with you this day and forevermore. Amen.